Now, I really don't know what to do for a podcast. You know, I've had a lot of different ideas about creating a podcast and, you know, what it should be. So we just going to try some things out and see how it goes. And for this podcast, I'm going to try and have a little bit of fun with it. You know, it's, it's something new, something that I'm just trying out. And hopefully y'all enjoy it. I've listened to a bunch of podcasts and I've dabbled, you know, in this arena a little bit. Um, but, you know, now I try to I want to, you know, try and, and, and get more into it and actually be more consistent and productive with it. So we, go, we just going to see how things go. But. Today, I want to talk about a few things when it comes to, you know, me, um, share some things, you know, with my life, talk about some music, some book stuff, some some TV shows I've been watching and, you know, maybe, you know, talk about having a dream and, you know, what that means and what that looks like. All right. So the first thing is, you know, sharing some things about myself uh, recently. I graduated with my master's degree uh, in English rhetoric and writing. And uh, in the fall, I'm going to be, you know, pursuing a Ph.D. uh, in English uh, rhetoric and writing again, um, but at the Ohio State University. So I guess in some ways I want this podcast to be, uh, you know, me tracking uh, you know, how that journey goes of me, you know, pursuing this thing. And, and actually, <laughs> funny enough, when we talk about dreaming and dreaming out loud and, you know, all that, you know, going and pursuing a PhD was has been, you know, one of my, my dreams uh, ever since like my fourth year of undergrad and kind of learning about uh, Ohio State and their their children's and young adult literature program. So that's not what I'm going into you know, in the fall, but I've kind of had that desire, that dream to uh, go to, to OSU s- since then. So now, you know, I've, I've been presented with the opportunity to actually go and do that. And that's pretty dope. And, uh, you know, this week I'm going to be doing my uh, my college visit up at OSU and being on campus and, you know, meeting some faculty members and, uh 
you know, getting to learn the campus and, you know, seeing my apartment and, and just kind of being immersed, immersed, you know, in, with, with campus life and, you know, meeting some other graduate students and doing all that type of stuff. And I think that's, that's really exciting. It's, um, you know, going from the, the my previous institution, which was Wright State University to Ohio State, that's a big jump and a big leap, you know, at most, Wright State had like 11,000 students. And now I'm going to a university that has like four or five, five times that. And, you know, me navigating that and, you know, something else, I am, you know, blind and going from such a <laughs> from the OSU perspective, a small campus to a very large campus is kind of very daunting for someone, you know, like myself having a, you know, a disability, being blind and trying to trying to navigate, you know, this new space. And I'm excited for it. Um, you know, I'm excited to, to, to meet some people on this college visit and and get to know, you know, some people up there at OSU and seeing you know, what's, what's, what's happening and what's going on. And, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to be, you know, have an opportunity to, 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 to go there and to, to learn from different faculty members, graduate students, um, and kind of take my research and kind of elevate it onto the next level. You know, I, I study, uh, African-American rhetoric, uh, African-American English, um, like sound studies and, and, analyzing how specifically how black people talk and when it comes to, you know, code switching. So talking one way in one particular setting and another way in a different setting and this thing called code meshing, which is like blending languages um, when you're in, you know, different settings, not just choosing one way of speaking for one setting and another way of speaking for another setting, but, but mixing using all of your kind of, linguistic background or your linguistic repertoire and, and bringing all of those things to different settings. So that's really what I study. And I'm excited to, you know, do this more on a, on another level. And where the sound kind of comes in is I want to like use, you know, audio recordings and have people audio record themselves, you know, talking in different spaces and kind of me like analyzing that. So that's kind of where the sound comes in and just how sound has a really big part of our lives and kind of me looking at, oh, what is this thing called? Oh, the black soundscape. What is the the black sonic world? How does our, our voices, our bodies, um, you know, affect the, the places that we're in sonically um, as black people? So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, this this next chapter of my life and kind of being challenged. Um, not saying I wasn't challenged before, but this is going to be a whole new adventure for me. Um, you know, this year I'm going to be on fellowship, you know, which just means that I'm not going to be teaching. And, you know, I, I receive a certain amount of funds, you know, for for that. But um, uh, during my second year, I'm going to start student teaching. And that is 
something that is uh, nerve wracking for me, uh, especially, you know, me being a blind person and me kind of like navigating that. Um, I know that I can do the scholarship and I can do the like the academic work. And I think separately, I could probably do the teaching as well. I have a um, I have a bachelor's degree in, in language arts education. So like I, <laughs> I have experience, you know, with some teaching, but I've never actually done both at the same time. So that's the, the real thing for me is bringing both of those things together and having to um, kind of navigate how that's going to look like what's great and going to be, you know, it takes me a little bit longer to do stuff. So how am I going to, you know, balance my scholarship, me teaching and then me grading. So it was kind of me going on this adventure, this journey to kind of figure all of that out and kind of now that I've, I've gotten to the point where it is, Oh, I, I got to the dream you know, me being able to pursue a PhD. Now it's actually, okay, now let's accomplish this dream. And it's going to take some years to do that. And I'm going to grow and learn along the way. But it's something that is a very much, you know, new territory for me. So that's kind of what's going on, like, personally, like, like, uh, you know, my, my academic life, that's, that's kind of like, you know, my job, I've been going to school, doing like higher education for eight years. And that's kind of been my job. And it will technically, it really is going to be my job. You know, I'm about, I'm about to be a professional student right now. So, you know, which is kind of crazy. Um, you know, uh, academics and academia has been something that I've, I've excelled in. And it's, it's something that I've done really well in. And I never saw myself actually you know, being where I am today, even though I've dreamed about it, I think dreaming it is one thing, actually doing it is another thing. So, you know, with that being said, you know, I want to go on to some, to some other stuff. Uh, so recently I've been, you know, listening to, you know, a lot of music uh, Kendrick Lamar, his new album came out, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. And, you know, I've been listening to that. I've been listening to, you know, Denzel Curry. What is it? Uh, Melt My Eyes, See Your Future. Uh, I listened to Push, Push's album. What is that? It's, it's Almost Dry. Um, so I've been listening to kind of, you know, some different stuff. But I think for this particular section of the pod, I want to kind of focus on Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. And, you know, it had been you know, five years since Kendrick had put out an album. And, you know, I'm a big Kendrick Lamar fan. You know, I uh, kind of like my first introduction really to Kendrick was um, technically way back when I was like in like junior, it was like my junior year of high school. And I kind of knew about him, but really wasn't paying attention to him. You kind of just heard the singles, you know, on the radio, which the one I remember was probably Swimming Pools. And I think I vaguely knew that it was Kendrick, but, and I was like, oh, it's, it's a cool song, but I really wasn't, you know, listening and checking for all the other singles. I think, I think I, I heard Don't Kill My Vibe. That was all on the radio. Um, but I really wasn't like paying attention to like Kendrick like that. But like 
like a, a few years later, uh, I remember being in, you know, my stepdad's car, you know, with my brother and, you know, we were at the gas station and uh, the song came on like it was Sirius XM. I think it was the heat and it just started playing, you know, what is this? <laughs> we gonna be all right. And I'm like, who is this? This is crazy. This is dope. And, you know, my brother was like, oh, that's that's Kendrick. And like, that's Kendrick Lamar. I'm like, bro, this is Kendrick right here. And then after that, I was like, all right, let me let me check out check out some of his albums. So I think I checked out to pimp a butterfly first because that's where you know all right was on. And I was like, okay, 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 this is this is cool, this is dope, it's, it's very dense. This is a, a lot is going on here. And then I went to Good Kid, Mad City. And once I listened to you know Good Kid, Mad City, I was like, oh bro, this is this is dope. Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick is dope. Um, you know, off a of, off a of Good Kid, Mad City. I love you know Don't Kill My Vibe. Um, what else? Uh, uh, swimming pools, uh, money trees, uh, 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 uh backstreet freestyle, uh, 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 mad city. There's, there's just a bunch of tracks that I just love from that album. That's like my favorite Kendrick album. Um, I love the story that, you know, he tells, he kind of, you know, really does a good, good job illustrating, you know, what it's like to, you know, live in the hood you know, specifically, you know, live in Compton. And, you know, that was, even though I, I listened to to Pimple Butterfly first, I, I kind of, you know, fell in love with Kendrick after listening to, to, to Good Kid, Mad City. And then after, you know, listening to that, that made me want to go back to some of his older projects, listening to, to Overly Dedicated, and, you know, loving that, loving that, like, mixtape for so long. And and knowing that he has Section 80, because I, I got them both off of iTunes. Uh, I got Section 80 and uh, Overly Dedicated at the same time. But, like, I was so, like, engrossed and Overly Dedicated that I didn't even pay attention to, like, Section 80. I was like, no, no, no. This Overly Dedicated is just, like, crazy. Um just his his flows and his um i think you can see the hunger and the the rawness the realness of of what you know he was doing on on overly dedicated um and then eventually i got over to section 80 and i was like bro <laughs> i was sleeping on section 80 because that just the the storytelling on that is like superb i love the the, the b selection the production instrumentation the kind of jazz infused style you know in those in know in that particular um album because technically that's like his first album even though like uh good kid mad city gets you know attributed to you know being his first major label uh release but like with section section 80 there's just some like some just some crazy emotional songs on there uh i think it was an adhd um, I love you know Keisha's song, and then you got some kind of the kind of the braggadocious, you know, tracks on there that's kind of showing him showing off his lyrical and, and rapping ability with, with uh, rigor mortis, and you know I think, you know, Section Eighty is a 
Yeah, it's a damn near perfect album, bro. It's like, from for me, like my favorite albums from Kendrick, you know, tied at the top. Really, it's kind of Good Kid, Mad City, and Section Eighty, and and kind of <laughs> Good Kid is like slightly above, you know, Section Eighty, but I think Section Eighty is is just you know a great album that I love going back to and listening to. And that's once once I got like really hooked on, you know, what was it, overly dedicated Section Eighty, Good Kid, Mad City. Then I I went back to uh, uh to Pimp a Butterfly. And then I saw like, oh, this is on a whole other level of like, you know, showing what it means to, you know, have a have a gift and have a talent and how, you know, sometimes, you know, other people are going to try and pimp you out and, and use you. And then sometimes you even be doing that to yourself um, and kind of losing yourself, you know, as you kind of grow in your talent and become you know, famous and get money and those things become distractions to, you know, who you were and who you used to be and how you're not the same. And sometimes how you have to kind of travel and see the world to kind of give some games some knowledge to, to the homies, you know, back at home. So, you know, I, I, I love, I love that, that album, you know, to pimp a butterfly. Um, so, you know, all that to say, you know, it had been a super long time since Kendrick had put out an album and I've been, you know, a really big, big fan of, of Kendrick, you know, he's in my top five. So, you know, when, when someone like someone like that has like this great impact in, you know, you have a, you know, a, a fondness and appreciation of their music, you know, you kind of, you know, want to hear him, but you know, he had been away for a while and, you know, thinking about how, how the 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 crown was in some ways he he took the crown i think with that that control verse uh i think it was like back in 2013 2014 it could have been before that it could have been even 2012 um but when he was you know doing all that he kind of took the crown and kind of placed it on his head um and then later on with 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 um to pimp a butterfly i remember seeing like blogs and you know publications saying that oh you know it's, it's Kendrick the, the the savior of hip-hop you know and so when you have Good Kid Mad City come out and you see damn you know him talking about the African-American experience through that um, I think a lot of we put a lot of um, maybe hope and pressure on Kendrick to be the one that, oh, this is who this is who we go to when there's like a lot of political shit that we want to talk about. Like, like he's the one that <laughs> that that says you know stuff about you know black power, you know, um, black knowledge, and, and you know spreads these like you know social issues and talks about the issues and things that are going on with you know police brutality, um, you know. Um, just, just talking about different experiences. So, so I think when you know stuff with twenty twenty came around, the killing of George Floyd and you know, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. You know, we wanted to have a, a voice 
to 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 look towards someone that we can go to because all of this tragedy was happening not only was it you know george floyd you know in the middle of a pandemic you know it was a lot of awful stuff was you know happening so who we want to go to we go to the we go to the savior we go to the one that has been consistently talking about you know um you know these 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 issues and social justice and, and social injustice and, and and all that type of stuff so and then you know we want that through through music so when you don't get that for you know five years um you know people kind of feel you know some some type of way or you know whatever i think you know i didn't want to you know think that there was a lot of pressure being put on kendrick to to you know come out and speak on stuff that because of all of this we put him such on a pedestal because of you know the things that are going around going on in the world that we just you know want him to kind of fix all of our problems or something like that just to, to give us inspiration or to give us hope or you know to to give us something you know you know that's the thing with with uh with all right you know we gonna be all right that became like one of the songs of you know the the black lives matter movement you know all that type of stuff it became a protest song you know which in context of the album it ain't <laughs> you know <laughs> a protest song but we kind of took that and reappropriated it so, you know, I didn't want to think that because there was such a large gap in his releases that, you know, that there was this pressure to 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 make something, to say something that would be so impactful. So, you know, we get the, the knowledge that, you know, he's coming back, you know, with, with Mr. Morale and the Big Staffers. And I was super excited, you know, as I've kind of said here, you know, big Kendrick fan. And when I listened to it for the first time, listened to it straight through, it was just, just <laughs> was united in grief. Just, just listening to it. And, and I stayed off of Twitter and I didn't want to see nothing. I just wanted to experience the, the, the music for myself and not get any other uh, input from anyone else. So I remember just kind of just being so excited just to hear Kendrick again. And it was, it was just, you know, fantastic uh, to hear that. And, you know, like, bro, bro hasn't lost it. You know, he still got it. And you can hear that and United in grief. And you can see that, Oh, we're about to go on this, this journey, this adventure with them. Um, <laughs> especially after that first track but you know track track by track you know i was just i was really enjoying you know what i was you know you know what i was hearing it wasn't it wasn't like really any of the the other his other albums in some way um i i think the the, the commonality between them all is that very conscious albums that, um, you know, that have some sort of message. Um, I think there's always, there's a commonality in that uh, for, for Kendrick and his albums. But this one was, uh, you know, listening to it, it's very personal. So, you know, him talking about kind of just 
opening up more. You you see, he talks about more stuff about his life, his his struggles with you know lust and you know uh, having a sex addiction, you know issues with his father. You hear that on Father Time, and uh, that was a song that I could really relate to. And you know having um, you know issues and you know stuff stuff with my you know biological father, and then you know having more issues with you know. You know, my stepfather, things like that. And, you know, you know, with Kendrick seeing that his dad pushed him to kind of be a certain way, kind of be tough, not to be sensitive. And, you know, so when you show that sensitivity, that's kind of showing weakness. And, you know, Kendrick wanted to, I think, have approval from his dad. So he, you know, followed what his dad said and so much so that he it, you know pushed him to in some ways where he is but at the same time it was a detriment to him and i think you know i understand that feeling um but there are like a lot of crazy moments you know like what was it we cry together and you know hearing all that hearing the argument it was literally like you know, watching a movie. That's what I felt like throughout the whole album. It was like, man, I'm like watching a movie, watching a play. It's, it's, it's wild. So we cried together. You can hear, you know, the back and forth, this, this toxic relationship, you know, uh, you know, it, it was just kind of, kind of takes you into that, into that relationship. And, you know, the, the, the mind of, you know, the, the, female the woman that's involved as well as like the dude that's that's there as well like just kind of going back and forth you know uh cussing at one another you know the dude taking the keys from her just doing just some wild stuff like that like i'm about to fuck on your cousin i'm like what <laughs> nah nigga it's nothing like man that's crazy um, but then kind of in like the, the third verse, then widen it out to more of, um, a, a kind of, uh, kind of in- incorporating like kind of more social, uh, social commentary about stuff with like R. Kelly, you know, Harvey Weinstein, you know, things like that and making it less about the two individuals in the track, but more about maybe stuff that's going on with society, um, you know, things kind of connecting to the Me Too movement and things like that. So that was kind of really like a highlight of the album for me. Um, Something that really stands out to me is like, um, like Savior and, you know, it, it goes back to that, that idea, like, we kind of look towards Kendrick as the savior, as the dude that had like the magic words to like make us feel better, help us look towards something, some sort of positivity to all this tragedy that's been happening, you know, in, in society. If that's what police brutality, killing of black people, um, COVID, all that type of stuff. And then Kendrick come out like, bro, I'm human like all in the rest of y'all. I ain't y'all savior. I ain't come here to save y'all. That's that's been like really been detrimental to me. 
And there's a lot of stuff that's that's wrong with me that's, you know, I'm trying to fix. And he's trying to say that. And he kind of, you know, says why he's kind of been silent, that he's just just been trying to protect himself. Um, which is understandable. And he has that right to do that. Like, he don't got to always be making music, you know, for us or always be saying his piece about what's going on in the world and, um, you know, within the black community. Um, and I think I, I, you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, he's, he's not just trying to always please us and what we want. And really, you know, we want music, but I think at the end of the day, you know, he's human too. And, you know, for me, you know, I want the best for him. So, you know, let him, you know, live his life. And that, you know, if that's making, making music, you know, every five years or, you know, giving us something or, you know, sharing his thoughts, um, you know, you know, let him live. And, and I think another powerful moment um, from the the album is when he is mother I sober. And I think that's a, that's a really deep and, and powerful track. And then you can really, especially with the instrumental. Okay. This is, it's being more kind of sentimental, sensitive. Um, and then he goes into his delivery. It's kind of more softer tone. Um, and he kind of opens up about, you know, his, his mother being, you know, I think physically assaulted by, you know, one of his family members and, you know, him being five years old and not knowing what to do, but, you know, him thinking that he should go get a gun, but, you know, he was so young at the same time. And, you know, he also talks about in that song, how, his mother was like, you know, sexually assaulted and how his family was coming to him. Like, Hey, did he, did he touch you Kendrick? And he would say no. And he would keep on saying no. And then, you know, for years, um, he kind of lived with that, you know, with, with, with trauma. I think the trauma from you know seeing his his mother being um, physically assaulted, but then you know living with the trauma of what actually did you know happen to him, which was he you know was me you know molested and you know sexually assaulted himself. So it was just such a, a heavy and deep track, and this whole album was him just open up and about all of these all of these things, all of these personal issues like his trauma. Um, the album felt like a therapy session, really. Um, just just the whole thing, each track, him getting out different elements of the things that his, he's been dealing with, he's been living with. And, you know, I think that's, an, you know, important. Because I think, you know, in the Black community, you know, for a long time, you know, really didn't want to deal with these like mental health issues, you know, that we have and that we live with um, from 
various different, you know, things. If that's, you know, want to go and take it back to slavery, we got that from segregation, Jim Crow, and then even, you know, someone's current, you know, life and issues. Um, all of that. So we, we I think that it's a, I think a bad thing to seek help and seek therapy and that it shows like weakness, but it doesn't. It shows that, you know, that there's, a, you know, a problem and you want to try and go get help and, and live a healthier lifestyle. And I understand that and I get that. Um, and I think we need to, and, and you definitely see now people talking more about getting therapy, seeking therapy and seeking help and talking to a counselor, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, all that type of stuff. And, you know, with, with Mother Eye Sober, you know, he also talks about how, you know, because he was sexually abused that it turned into a, like a lust addiction, you know, him trying to, you know, you know, be with a whole bunch of women and him cheating on Whitney. And then eventually getting to the point where like, she was just so hurt and, uh, you know, Whitney asking him, you know, is there an addiction? And, you know, then he, you know, reached out to a therapist to talk about, you know, all of this stuff. And that's kind of the result of the album. And I think by him talking about it and seeking help and probably creating the album, it was this like freeing experience for him um, to, to get all of that stuff out. Um, and he didn't, you know, make this album for us. I think obviously if he made it for us, we'd get a whole bunch of bangers, a whole bunch of hits and stuff like that. He really probably just made it for himself to kind of talk about all of these things. And it seems like this was like kind of the culmination of his, his, of his career that in some ways, a lot of the things, his earlier albums kind of led to, to, to this. So it was a very powerful track. You know, I would compare compare this to something like Sing About Me or like Fear or like How Much a Dollar Costs. Those like pivotal tracks that are very powerful. And I think um, people can, can sit with those tracks and, and this album and... and think learn something from it even though it is super personal and you know some people you know call it mid and say that it's not you know that good because it ain't something ain't no bangers nothing to shake your ass to or you know you can't really play this shit in the club or anything like that but (laughs) i think so at the same time you know kendrick is trying to even though he doesn't want to be a savior he's still trying to help people and I think through his own story and him talking about the things that he's been through and the traumas that he has and the ways that he's gone about freeing himself and healing himself with all that, I think he wants the same for, for others, specifically when it comes to 
black people. And I think that's, you know, super important for him. And I think just like at the end of the, you know, Mother I Sober, you know, I believe it's Whitney or the person who is playing Whitney, you know, says that, you know, Kendrick, you did it. You know, you ended it like a general gen- generational curse. So, you know, I just I think it's really powerful what, you know, he's trying to do. And um, I don't know how long it's going to be until we get another Kendrick album. Um, you know, let him go out and live his life and do his thing. You know, be with his kids. And, you know, if he's, you know, with Whitney, be with her. And, and you know, grow his business. Um, you know, PG Lang and do all that. You know, live the life that he wants to live. And I can respect that. And, and you know, I wish the best for him. So, you know, that's an album that I've really enjoyed. Um, I think it's, it, there's, there's, I can see how people say that they ain't a lot of re- repay, replay value to it. And I would probably agree with that. Um, there are certain songs that I don't really care for. Um, like, what is it? Purple Hearts. That really ain't for me. Crown is, I think it's probably pivotal for the album and kind of the storytelling of the album, but I don't really care for it as a song. Um, Silent Hill has actually grown on me. Um, you know, when I heard it for the first time, I was like, I really, I wasn't really feeling it. I thought, you know, Kodak, I thought he did just okay. And, you know, it's kind of grown a little bit on me now after pre, you know, more listens, but it still ain't like my favorite song. And then like, I really don't like Mr. Morale. That's kind of wild because it's produced by Pharrell too. And I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I just don't really like the beat like that. And it just doesn't really click with me. But overall, you know, I, I enjoyed the album. Um, But it could be, I'm just a super Kendrick Lamar fan. So, you know, I am, <laughs> I am biased when it comes to that. So, You know, with all that, I think I'm going to, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of thinking about, I don't know if I should talk about something more or if I should just end it here. But I'm going to end it here. You know, this was just kind of a little test run to, to see how it goes. I kind of did a little deep dive on, you know, um, Kendrick. And there's some more things I wanted to talk about, but. I'm going to just leave it right here for now. And maybe for the next one, we do something a little bit different. Maybe I kind of break down an album like like this and do something like this again. Um, or I do the same thing with like a TV show or something like that. Um, or just me, me talk about some of the like some of the other dreams that I have when it comes to me writing and having a multimedia company and trying to pursue those dreams and um, the ups and downs and hurdles that I've had with that. So this is still a work in progress. I'm just kind of going with it and just having fun with it. I've been wanting to talk about, you know, Kendrick's album. So, you know, it's going to be a variety of different things that I do with this podcast. So 
But I want to thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. You can follow me on Twitter at IncredibleJIT. And uh, I really appreciate y'all. Hopefully we can go on this journey together as, you know, one, I go and get my PhD and the other as I try and do this podcast thing. So I appreciate it. But once again, it's been your host, Jonathan Isaiah Thomas, J.I.T. And as always, peace and much love to you.